Welcome to another edition of the Local Scene Podcast. In these podcasts, we speak to individuals from around the surrounding area within the Southeast Motocross local scene, from riders to track owners, promoters, vendors, and many more. To get their insight, learn more about them, what they do, and of course, to help the local scene by having them here on the Imperative MX Local Scene Podcast. On this episode, we have WMX racer Samantha Farr from the local North Carolina motocross scene to speak about her racing background as a woman racer and racing the WMX series back in the day, traveling up to Canada this summer for the Triple Crown series and racing that WMX class, enduro racing background, being a mom with her son racing, their family support for the local NCMX series, and much more. Before we get Samantha on the line, make sure to support the ones that support the local scene. West Virginia Motorsports, PR Motorsports, Total Control Racing Suspension, and Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. And without further ado, let's get Samantha Farr here on the line. Right now on the line, we do have WMX Racer from the local North Carolina area. It is Samantha Farr. Sam, appreciate you coming on to the Local Scene Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Not a problem, not a problem. And of course, uh, Sam, for the listeners that don't know, me and you go way, way back. So we've known each other for quite a while, but I'm sure a handful of people that listen to this don't know your racing background. So give us a little bit of uh, your racing background, when you got started, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, so I started, obviously, I was four. So I've been racing dirt bikes for a very, very long time. Um, I'll be... 34 in two weeks so that's uh, quite a few decades <laughs> yeah no kidding um, so I've had the opportunity to uh, grow up uh, doing it so I've done everything from local racing I've done amateur nationals I've done women's pro nationals uh, you know this summer we went up to Canada I got to kind of dive back into that so yeah i've kind of gone up and down and all around with it so it's it's been quite the adventure <laughs> yeah no kidding and uh man that's a long time nearly 30 years you've been racing a dirt bike and that is uh that is wild definitely one of the still uh women racers from around the area that stuck around for that long um and of course you said that you raced some of the wmx races and uh, actually went back and looked through some of the results back in 09 and uh, 2010. Do you remember those? And if you can, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so I I loved that time. Uh, like, that time period was so awesome for women. We had, you know, Ashley Filick, uh, Jessica Patterson, Tara Geiger, Sarah Whitmore. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out, but we had a huge handful of names that were getting factory rides mm -hmm. uh, which was really cool um, to see it growing um, and then it kind of tapered down a little bit uh, luckily I was a part of it uh, like you had said oh wait I think I did one round in 2008 2009 uh, we did a couple more in 2010 the same thing yeah. so uh, to be able to do that was really cool. That was when we had the time slot to do it the same day as the men's nationals. Nice. Uh, which was awesome. Um, we got track time the same time they did. Um, 
granted, we were part of our motives were probably on the roughest time slot of the, <laughs> that it could be. Um, we were after the first set of motos oh, and the last yeah. moto of the day. Ooh. So, yeah, that's um, rough anybody, right there. Yeah. Uh, so when people talk about rough tracks, I sometimes I have to stop them like, you guys haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> um, you know, it's six o'clock and you have shadows and breaking bumps that are you could double double through and the ruts are huge and it just it but it was it was really cool it's a really cool experience to have that right um i hate that we don't have that anymore um here in the u.s yeah uh maybe it'll make a, a comeback one day <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard a couple of rumors that they want to try and do something in the in the near future but as you know, who knows um, when that will actually happen. And yeah, the, the you know the main reason w that I wanted to get you on the local scene is to hype up the uh, the women's racers. We have some really good racers uh, from this surrounding area in the southeastern part of the United States, and uh, don't want those girls to kind of give up uh, just because there's not a series right now. I believe that uh, they will become. Uh, you know, it will pop up here soon and, you know, still dig after it, still go after. And I mean, you used to race all of the amateur races and 25 plus with us guys and, and everything like that. And there's still, you know, opportunity to hone your skills and get the exposure that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my biggest thing, and I've, I've kind of dug into it a little bit on, on social media, but I really try not to because I, I think that's just kind of opening a can of worms. Right. Um, yeah. My my biggest thing, like you said, is I look at some of these girls, you know, that we have coming up in the younger girls class and they are absolutely ripping. And even in the women's class, you know, um, and it, it, it's sad that we only have amateur nationals to run to. Right. Um, obviously we have Loretta's, which is a big deal, but after you've been there so many years, like, I hate to say it, but what, what's the point of going? Right. Um, we, when you, when you break it down and you look at it, um, I, I use this reference in, in a comment I made not too long ago. It's like going and sitting on, at the line, um, at Loretta's in a super mini class and you pick out your, your top top people and you look at them and be like you know what like you're you're really good like you have a lot of potential to to go really far in this sport but there's nowhere for you to go professionally right and to me it's a slap in the face yeah. like we we work just as hard if not harder right. like i would put my work ethic next to any anybody right like I, I don't doubt that and I don't doubt that for a lot of these girls. Um, and it's tough too, um, with the with women. I I feel like we have and this is no disrespect to anybody, like we have kind of like a a, a larger group um of like skill set levels. Right. So you have your your top and then you have like your your mid pack and then you have your lower pack which is if we're all there like riding our dirt bike having fun and the the objective is the same um but when it comes down to it you know i want different out of it than 
a couple of the other girls and they they don't want to go pro which is which is fine right uh but i do know a lot of them do but there's nowhere for them to go right yeah um there is real good series for the for the women's anymore or you know cash handouts or you know anything like that so it you know yeah you're right you know you go to the line and it's like, why am I even here? What am I, what am I really doing? What's my purpose? And what, you know, what am I trying to achieve here? Sure. I can get a number one plate, but that doesn't really mean anything because there's no series or nothing really to look forward to afterward. That's right. And, um, which I talked with, um, Haley, the a couple weeks ago at the North Carolina state championship. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I told her, make, make a push to go to Canada. Like they offer it. Um, and it, it's a great program and you have a, um, in depth, you have an in-depth series up there right. with a lot of competition. And so it, it's, it's, it's just tough. It's tough to be in that spot. Um, it, it's, and I hate it for the younger girls when you look at it. And like you said, I don't want them to give up hope of, of pushing towards that goal. Um, it might just look a little bit different. You know, we don't get the big women's pro AB shootout money races. Right. I mean, um, I know Jamie did one at Pagoda a couple weeks ago and the turnout was great. Um, around North Carolina, it would be amazing if some of these tracks would hop in and say, you know what, like we're going to offer a women's for a shootout. Yeah. That it doesn't cool. have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, bukus of money. Like I would line up for a very slim amount of money <laughs> right. um, just because we don't have that opportunity. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't have it. Like this isn't 2008, nine, 10 when, like you said, you guys were at pro nationals every single weekend and, and having these series races and they were, um, you know, a lot of big names on hand and there still are big names on hand, but you only get one race really to prove yourself. And, and if we could get something to come to this local Southeast series or just anywhere in the United States, I think that that would be very beneficial for the women racers like yourself and Haley and, uh, Kelsey Harris and, you know Emma James, Jillian Money. I mean, all of these, uh, all of these women that go to these local North Carolina races and D13, Mama Victory Sports, whatever the case may be, right? Like, you guys got to have something to push to. And if there could be, you know, a series that they could line up and could actually, um, you know, do something, and these series actually want to put up, you know, some money or or something to help out the women's racers because. I feel like over time it has definitely dwindled, and I think it's because the women really just don't have anything to look forward to, and they're like, why are we wasting, you know, all of this money and, and things like that? Because, you know, it's very hard for you women to be up there with, with the guys. It's a completely different uh, game, but there needs to be something uh, for you women for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I, I, in the same concept where I you know, compared it to, to, to the super mini class, the younger girls class, I don't have the strength to be up there with the pro men. Like it it, scientifically, like you're, it's not going to happen. Um, especially when you get to that pro level. So, you know, and that goes across the board with any athlete. Like once you reach that level, you can be the most badass person in the world on a dirt bike, but 
scientifically it comes to a point where it's just not going to happen. Right. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be compared to a me. Like I, I don't want that. Right. Um, but who's to say that it's okay for, for women not to have their own pro motives. Like, right. And you guys, me, put in, you guys put in work just like the men do, right? Like, you guys spend spend all of this money, go down, you know, people go down the training facilities, people, you know, do this and that, buy bikes, motorhomes, trailers, you know, uh, the whole nine yards. And then on top of that, you guys are doing all of your homework with training and riding and coaching and all of this stuff. Like, you guys deserve some sort of opportunity. Yeah, and uh, what... <laughs> What's silly to me is, and it's not even silly is not the word, is I sit back and I look at, you know, what I did going to Canada. I I ran nationals as a, I work a full-time job. Right. I work Monday through Friday. I work eight to five. I have my son. Like, I'm a full-time single mom. I'm a full-time working mom. On top of that, I'm running pro nationals like right whatever way you want to slice it like i still have to put in that work so yeah you know i the determination and the discipline factor is is extremely high in my case you know i'm taking my time off work i'm spending my money i'm not getting a payback right if a if a if a guy went eight seven or not i went nine seven at deshambeau I, I don't even want to know what the men's payout was. Right. For that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I got paid. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be um, a little so, slap in the face for sure. <laughs> right. West Virginia Motorsports, if you guys need anything around the surrounding area for a new or pre owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, scooter, or anything motorized in that manner, Stop by Princeton, West Virginia at their West Virginia Motorsports location or at their brand new location. Virginia Motorsports in Withfield, Virginia. And don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or at Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride. And don't forget to get those oils and air filters on your way out. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. For over 10 years, they've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. Professionals and weekend warriors alike utilize the awesome graphics and decals. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help their customers and you guys get the look they want in a short amount of time. And that design team prides itself on creative collaboration. They offer superiority quality decals and top-notch designs at an affordable price for any budget. And you can use the code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps, no space, for 20% off your next purchase from the awesome people over there at Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, helmet wraps, banners, license plates, and much, much more they offer. So make sure to go and check out Dirt Industries Custom Graphics when you guys do get the chance. PR Motorsports, your newest trackside support trailer at the local NCMX races. They ensure you riders get on the gate and continue racing each weekend. If you need anything, find their trailer at the races from tires to engine fixes. PR Motorsports is your trackside support rig for the surrounding area and states. Find them on social media. Check out their brand new shop in King, North Carolina. And thanks to Charlie and Justin for all their help with everyone at the local motocross races here in the local scene of motocross for you guys to get yourselves back out on the track if you need it. And finally, Total Control Racing Suspension. 
Chad Newton has owned an arena cross team for 10 plus years back in the day and so of course he knows his stuff and throughout the years Luke Neese Mike McDade, Tyler Bright Josh Thomas, Kyle Peters Jacob Hayes, Jim Chester and many other local legends has have trusted Chad with their suspension in AMA motocross supercross arena cross or at the local races. Make sure to go to totalcontrolsuspension.com to find what you are looking for. Contact Chad. Go and get your suspension tuned up, guys. Get your oil changed. Get your seals replaced. And be more comfortable on the bike. So make sure to contact Chad over there at Total Control Racing Suspension. You know, you did well uh, up there in Canada for that Triple Crown Series and ran, you know, a couple of those WMX races up there. How was it? And, uh, you know, who were some of the people that helped you get up there? I know I know, uh, you and Maddie went up there and, and did some of them. So how was it uh, really up there? And was that your first time going up to Canada for the WMX Series? Yeah, it was my first time doing it. Uh, my dad had tried – he's been trying to talk me into doing it for years now. Right. Um, so, unfortunately, I broke my elbow in May. Yeah. And I broke it. Mother's Day weekend, I got it plated a couple of days later. So I was off the bike for six weeks. I got released at my six-week appointment um, to start back riding. Um, I got back on the bike, and three days later, I tore my tricep tendon. Mm. Um, at that time, I didn't know it was torn. Um, so we were kind of putting the game plan. Everything um, was already set in stone, like everything was paid for. Um, my dad um, got everything in line for us, um, travel plans, hotels, where we were stopping, when we were leaving, all of that, um, which is amazing and appreciate that so much. Right. Uh, but um, so I we I ended up doing Sandalee and DeChambeau. Um, Sandalee was, in my eyes, it was awful yeah. um, not only because I didn't get the results that I wanted out of it. Right. Um, granted, I had only had two days back on the bike and maybe a total of 30 minutes. Right. Um, you know, we get there, it rained all day, sa- I mean, all night, Sunday night, Saturday night. So Sunday we get there, women aren't practicing. We only get a sight lap and then we're going right into motos. Yeah, that's hard. I had obviously never been there. So I didn't know the track. I didn't know anything. It's underwater. Um, So the first moto um, did not go great. I fell, I think four times. Oh man. Um, And I bet you with that elbow, it was tough to get that thing back up those four times. Yeah. Yeah. It it was not, it was not very fun. (laughs) I will admit that first moto was not very fun. Um, But got myself together. I think I went um, 11, eight for eight. So I can't even remember the overall because that was so bad, but um, it was something I went 11, eight, maybe like 10 or 11 overall. Um, But came back, uh, regrouped for DeChambeau, uh, went up. I love that track. It is probably one of my all time favorite tracks now. And I've had the chance to ride a lot of really cool places, Um, but ended up, with a nine seven for eighth overall there um which when you kind of look at the cards is pretty cool yeah um the program is amazing 
Um, they do a great job up there as far as, you know, highlighting the women. We had coverage. Um, my mom was able to watch Sandali down here. I had people watching the broadcast. Like, it, all in all, like, it's, it's really cool to see that series giving the women the support that, that we deserve. That's awesome. Um, we're in with the pro schedule. We're our motos are finished before the the men's first moto gate drop. Nice. Um, so that's really cool. Um, as far as people behind us, uh, like I said, my dad, my mom. Um, we had a couple of really solid people behind us as well. Um, Mason Pratt with MX Cairo. Yep. Uh, he traveled with us. Nice. Um, which that was really nice to have extra set of hands because uh, it was just me, my dad, Maddie, and, and Mason went up. Right. Um, Chris Weaver and William Howard at Sport Durst, um, they put a hand in, which is appreciated. Um, Derek Franklin with Earthworks, uh, the Grinsleys over at Tag MX and Liquid Skin. Nice. Um, so it was it was really nice, um, and I'm super appreciative of all the help everybody tossed out. Um, as far as, you know, me and Maddie, we did our classes, we raised the money, uh, to be able to do it, which couldn't thank those people enough that supported us doing those and the tracks that let us come in. Um, so it, it all worked out. It was, it was a really cool experience. Um, I unfortunately had to miss the last round we were going to do, which was Walton. Yeah. Uh, Cause I had, I had surgery the, the Thursday that we got back from Deschambeau. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah. I tried to uh, get them to let me postpone it, but they would not. <laughs> <laughs> it might have uh, might have taken a while to get get another surgery rescheduled too. Yeah, and I I mean I had been riding with it torn for a month already, so you were they were worried about. Used, you were probably starting to get used to it, but everybody else around you was probably worried about it. I think I KT taped that bad boy up with a roll of tape every time I roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, it seems like you guys had a really good time talking with Maddie on the pod. He said that y'all had a good time, and uh, yeah, you hit me up and figured that it'd be good for uh, the women and for uh, you guys to get the exposure that y'all did going up to the Triple Crown Series, and that's uh, and that's really awesome. And of course. You've done some enduro racing back in the day. So outside of just, you know, local motocross racing and WMX racing, you've done some enduro racing too. And uh, you're kind of all around knowledgeable on the uh, on the dirt bike. So how was the enduro racing part of it? Was it different? <laughs> I have to laugh because the two that I picked were probably two of the muddiest races oh, that man. I could have picked to do. Um, I did NCMP back uh, last year in 22 okay. and it lit, it rained all day long. Oh, um, and to be honest, before those, um, full gas that I did, I had only been in the woods one other time. Oh, wow. So it's not like I had a lot of experience. Um, I had a couple of people, John Collins, um, and Jeff Sharon that are, um, from our area that run a lot of wood stuff. Um, yeah lend their hand out and said, you know, we'll take you under our wing and we'll take you out, uh, which was uh, extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, but in the two that I did, NCMP rained all day. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry, but I had the <laughs> most fun on my dirt bike that I had ever had. That's awesome. Um, 
so I did that. And then this year, uh, there was a weekend that worked out with our NCMX round that they were at Black Ankle, and then the full gas was at Silver Valley. Oh, nice. Which are only yep. like 30 minutes apart. Right. So um, I went over and did the full gas at Silver Valley, um, and the cross test went awesome. Like I was sitting second going into the Enduro test, and then when I went into the woods, it it uh, went downhill very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was another um, mud fest where it was, it had been raining. I think they got rain all week. Um, it was wet Saturday morning when we woke up and it just, um, it, it was a fiasco for me. Uh, but um, I do have plans to do some of those full grass um, rounds in 24. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can get back up to Canada and I would, end goal for me absolutely is to to run a GNCC a couple GNCCs I have um my mind kind of made up on that nice. so Mike Farr's not too happy about that but <laughs> it's okay yeah <laughs> and uh, you know that that helped you out because one of the topics I was going to talk to you about is that you have your Samantha Farr rider development um you know in your back pocket that you do when you have time off and weekend off and and things like that so having that knowledge um could actually help because you could get some kids that do both or one that just does the woods racing so it kind of goes hand in hand huh yeah it does um i i have had a, a couple people reach out about woods side of training for me um i'm still learning that like that is still a learning process for me as right. much as i I will obviously help anybody who comes to me and asks for help. Um, but I also know my limit when it comes to things that I don't under, that I don't fully know all the ins and outs. Right. Um, but yes, I, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge from A to Z, yep. from kids to adults, from beginners to expert riders. Like I, I feel like I can, I, I have a lot of that knowledge of where, you know, a lot of people want to go. Like I've, right. I've been there on yep. the women's side, which the work still has to be the same. Right. Yep. And you know, I do some training myself and a lot of people from my area, my neck of the woods up here in Virginia, they do a lot of woods racing. So a lot of people have reached out to me that they race woods, but you know, from what I've gathered and from what I've learned, that, you know, it does go hand in hand. Yes, there are things that are different, of course, and it's tighter, you know, areas and that sort of thing. But the riding, the posture, the feet placement, that sort of thing kind of goes hand in hand. And I think that that's what's cool about having that knowledge of um, of both because you never know what, what your, you know, what rider's going to come to you or one that's going to want help, right? So that goes hand in hand. And right with you, I did one woods race. Uh, they had a GP at Lake Sugar Tree where uh, it was a VXCS. Uh, I think they helped out with it. Anyways, uh, we got to ran, run half moto, half woods, and half on the Supercross track. I pulled the whole shot in my class. I guess I signed up for expert, I guess, because we were the first ones <laughs> to go. And sure enough, on the uh, on the moto track, you know, I got myself a gap. But as soon as we get into the woods, these guys are behind me like they are Justin Barsha, just holding in their clutch. Get the hell out of the way. Oh, and, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, I stalled the bike on the first lap within, I don't know, a minute and a half. 
of entering the woods and uh, then at the end, because they did a 30-minute moto, and right there at the end, uh, I hit a I hit a log. I don't wear glasses when I ride, and I didn't think the log was that deep into the grass or was as big, and I thought I could just wheelie right over it. Nope, it caught that back no. end. Nope, <laughs> and straight just rode the nose like uh, Jet Lawrence there in 2020. Um, where he just went over the bars real slow and the bike nailed me and yeah I got a pretty good concussion and broke three ribs and I said yep all right that is it for my woods riding because yeah it just (laughs) did not go well but I'm sure I will want to do one again because I think that those are a little bit more on the chill side than maybe some moto racing but I know you've been around it a little bit more do you feel that way do you feel like the 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 GNCC slash woods hair scramble races are a lot more calmer than the moto or they they 100% are in it as well so I will I haven't actually lined up for a GNCC um or a hair scramble yet but I will tell you with the full gas um what I've experienced like it is a lot more mellow um you know they do pull big names um obviously Mackenzie Tricker she's a multi-time Loretta Lynch champion so You know, she's been winning uh, the last few years, which is really neat to have that experience kind of to to see that and watch her kind of grow in that. But um, it, it is a lot more mellow. Um, the whole all around atmosphere is is a lot different when you step out of moto right. into um, kind of the the woods side of things. Um, it I will tell you the trees. They do not move, um, and that that's a very big lesson uh, that I did learn in the first one that I did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it but it's still cool. Um. I it it it's a whole learning. It's a whole different learning process. Oh, absolutely. The, the you know the first or when I went back into the woods to kind of go get ready for the Silver Valley one, uh, Jeff he was like, our only goal this today when we go in the woods is for you to slow your mind down and when you have that in the back of your head that like when the gate drops like we're going until the checkered flag is out to rewire that is a lot different and i that to to find that like fine line of things um it it's it's definitely different but but it's fun, and I've, I'm really looking forward to doing a few more this year or next year. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm definitely for next year. I'm definitely going to have to make uh, my way on out um, to one of those full gas and maybe even do some GNCCs because I feel like that knowledge um, can definitely help for any rider um, that's out there. And, of course, you got, you know, you're a, you're a single mom, and you have Mason, and he's racing now, so talk to, talk to me a little bit about that. You know, you're a racer at heart. And now you get to see your son out there riding and racing as well. Um, how is that for you? Do your nerves get shot every time he goes out there on the track? You know, I would have been a-okay with him never touching a dirt bike. <laughs> and I, I thought I thought that was going to be the way it was going to go. Um, but it has taken an extremely sharp right hand, and he has fallen in love with it. Yep. Um, I, I love how you know, myself and me, like my dad and my mom handle him. Um, he is very hard headed and very stubborn. Um, so he, 
it's been all on him. I don't push him. Right. Um, obviously, like I have the tools to to set him up with for success. Yeah. And he knows that, but I'm also not going to be the the one on the side of the track telling my kid to jump something he shouldn't be jumping right. or ride at a pace that he is not ready for yet. Right. Um, and so right now we're really with him is is just establishing the foundation. That way, after he establishes that solid foundation, he can add the speed. And I always I always refer to it to him as this motocross stuff is a very large puzzle and we are constantly putting pieces of the puzzle together. Um, and he's really, really taking to it. And he, he is a extreme student of the sport. Like he loves it. He loves learning about everybody from Tomac to Jimmy Dakotas, who he told me the other day inspired him now to be a privateer so it just it's <laughs> yeah. it's really neat um to to see it in his eyes and his perspective yeah um like i said i could have gone the other way and if he just wanted to hang out at the track and enjoy the time i would have been okay with that right um i love watching him kind of fall in love with it and adapt to it and learn it and you know he's he we're just having fun and that's um, that that's the biggest thing for us is just making sure that he is having fun and he's doing it at his his pace and how he wants to do it and whatever comes of it comes of it. Um, and like I said before, just making sure that we're we're taking the steps right now for him to have that foundation. Yeah, for sure. And when I was at Black Ankle announcing a, a month or two ago. He came up to me and was asking some questions about what was uh, what was going on with the I think it was the L.A. race that was uh, that was going on, I believe, or one of the super motocross races. And he was asking (laughs) me questions because he he knew uh, that I knew some stuff and was keeping an eye on it and stuff like that. He came up to me and told me Tom Vial's straight up weight how much he weighs and how tall he is i'm like that's unbelievable like i'm into the sport but i don't know if i'm into it that much but um but yeah no it's awesome to see that he's a student of the sport and uh yeah he's got great people around him you and your family have been around the racing scene for such a handful of years and brings me right into uh, my next topic is your family is a big part of that D29 back in the day, which is now the NCMX series with your dad and your mom and you and, um, you know, everybody that is in your inner circle is really into the local series. And I got to talk to Mike about he st- how he started it and things like that. But talk to me from your point of view on the local scene and how much it really means to you. Uh, yeah, that one, um, I it's been great to watch it grow. I, I've watched some of these kids from fifties and now they're getting their driver's license. Um, so it, I, I love it. I love that we have a very, I feel like the NCMX core group is a very close knit family kind of atmosphere. Um, and I love that. Um, I feel like, um, (laughs) And I, I've kind of noticed it like across the board. I'm, 
I think I pulled this trait from my dad. I'll go and I'll look just at results everywhere. Right. Um, and just to kind of see the difference from, you know, back when we were growing up to, to what it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it has tapered off quite a bit. Um, what the taper is a result from, I, I don't really know. Um, but I feel like a lot of our, um, amateur younger, you know, moto kids are missing out on the grassroots of moto. Right. Um, and that when you get to a professional level or an elite level, you don't develop that race craft and that race craft comes from these MCMX races or, you know, wherever your local series is that that's where you develop that race craft is from your gate drops. Um, to be able to have NCMX, you know, we have a very wide variety of tracks, um, which is really cool. Um, and that I, it, it just, it helps develop these kids, to when they get to a national, they have that race craft. Right. Um, I think it's, it's, it's really, really important. And I don't know if it's along the lines of now everybody is, you know, running to these training facilities. And if you look at these training facilities that we have around us, we have three you know, very solid. And if you branch into South Carolina, you have more, you know, we have SOB, we have club, we have Weinerts. Um, I know the Shoals is open. I know they're not too far from us, but you, these kids, they, they have to get on the gate. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's a big thing. Um, to see it grow. Um, I would love to see it to continue to grow and for, for it to, to be one of the fastest, I'll say districts because we were District 29. Now we're in CMX. Um, local scenes in the South would be amazing to me. Um, that way, these kids have that. Yeah, because when you know we had Jacob uh, Hayes on the podcast um, last night, and he was talking. He said, you know, these kids at these training facilities, they don't get that that pressure, that adrenaline. You know, they don't deal with you know arm pump you're going to get arm pump more at these you know at these races when you actually go racing and you start getting that adrenaline and have a little bit of pressure and have some competition that you're actually trying to win in the next four laps instead of being like eh you know I'll let them go today or whatever the case may be right and he was like well it doesn't really make any sense because when you turn a professional you're now racing 31 weekends out of the year and these amateurs aren't even doing nearly anything close to that and so how do you expect to go to some of these bigger amateur national races where you actually want to do well without the actual racing background behind you it's kind of hard to do that and you know that's what we say all the time here at imperative mx and what we're trying to hype and back up is the local scene because everybody started there that's where everybody honed their skills at and before they went off to the training facilities and things like that you're now missing out on the actual racing part of motocross and when you guys want to become bigger and when you go to these races you get arm pump or you know you start saying some wild stuff like your bike is messing up or something like that it's just the lack of racecraft and the lack of gate drops that you're missing out on so like we always say here Go on out to your local NCMX series races. Go out to 
District 13, Mama, Victory Sports, Capital Cup, whatever series that's near you, go and, go and get some gate drops and enjoy the local scene um, of racing. Enjoy that family atmosphere. Enjoy the camaraderie with your, uh, with your competitors and, uh, you know, get back to the grassroots of motocross because if it wasn't for the grassroots, you know, you guys really wouldn't even be racing uh, or trying to become a professional. So you guys always had to start somewhere and don't forget about the local series that are around your surrounding area. Yeah, that's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It just, you know, I look back, I went to, and I'll never forget this. I went to a area qualifier at Lake Sugar Tree in the 250B class. Mm-hmm. And there, it was a full gate. And you look and you have Brock Tickle, you have all these big names. And that's what I grew up in. Right. I mean, you know, we I grew up, I, even recently, I, I lined up on in a, in a plus 25 moto. And I look down on the line and I'm like, there's 10, 15, like Loretta Lynn's titles on this line right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so thankful that I have that opportunity and have had that opportunity to develop my racecraft with the people that I did. Um, now you look at it and our, our, our B class is non-existent. Yep. And so my my thing automatically goes to is that that's that age group, the super mini, the schoolboy, the B class, that these kids are going to the training facility. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, you you have to support that local grassroots racing or you're not going to have that anymore. And it's going to go away and it's going to be a sad day in moto when it does. Right. Because think about the the beginners and the people that are just doing it for fun on the weekend. They're not trying to make a living or a career out of it. They're just there to camp out with their wife and have a couple beers and go and racing on Sunday, you know, and just like this weekend, I'm going to the Halloween bash and yeah, I'm going to do some announcing on Saturday with the podium, but I'm just there. I'm not working. I'm there to have a good time. And that's really what it is. And even if I wasn't announcing at these races or doing media or whatever the case may be if there's an opportunity for me to go to a local race i sure as hell gonna be there and you know this year i've been able to go all the way around you know pretty much the united states going to some of these pro races and supercross motocross super motocross but really what i love the most is the grassroots of motocross that's where um you know not so much pressure is going on you get to see everybody that you've seen for nearly your entire life right and uh, you get to race with those same people that you've grown up against. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're just out there to have fun. And I think that that's what people forget is that motocross, you guys started because it's fun or woods or whatever the case may be. You guys started because it was fun. It was an adrenaline rush. But once it becomes, you know, kind of like a a hassle, that's when the fun just dips away and I think that that's what is kind of happening right now to the scene and trying to do our best and with you having or with us having you on this podcast it will I'm sure bring one or two people out to more North Carolina races and the more podcasts we do and the more journalism and you know all of this more exposure for the local scene because think about it when we were growing up there was no journalist there was no podcast at that time uh you might have right. you might have had verb 
or cycle news might have shown up once in a blue moon, right? But yeah. outside of that, there was nothing. But there were still, you know, tons and tons of races. And I don't think now, even with training facilities, I don't think that that should change. And, man, if you're at, you know, if, if and it might not even be that. It might just be people that just want to go and practice now and, you know, not worry about, um, going racing because they kind of want to bubble wrap themselves before they go to some of these amateur national events. And like we've said, you know, you go there without the gate drops, it's going to be a hard week or a hard day, hard weekend, wherever you're actually trying to get your results at. So don't forget your grassroots of motocross because everybody started there. That's right. I, um, I had a, uh, little epiphany, uh, Saturday watching the, I, um, was watching the AV shootout motos at Silver Valley and a couple motos later was the 50 classes. And I, I was going out on the track to help direct them. Mm-hmm. And I go home, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all of this content is being put out on these AV like guys, which is awesome. Like I'm super thankful as, as an NCMX race that they, they come out and, you know, support that. But in the same aspect, you know, we have all of these other other racers there. You have your 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 fifty class. If you are down and out and like you are you have lost the the main focus of why you started racing dirt bikes, do yourself a favor and go watch the fifty class or yep. go watch the sixty five class. Like it's it's amazing. And I thankfully like with Mason, I I get that reality check, right. you know, I get, I get him. Like he just, he got his first, um, sponsor from Onium goggles, which I had been with him, you know, throughout the 23 season and he wrote his own little letter into him and, you know, they came back and, you know, offered them a deal for 24 and just to see how excited he was about it yeah. was absolutely amazing. And, yeah. It really, I think sometimes, like you said, the monotony of doing the work for so long, you you lose that. Right. Um, and we all need a reminder of why we started in the first place, and that's because we love riding dirt bikes. That's right. And um, for sure, I mean, I'm even one to blame, too, for, for all of the posts uh, for, you know, some of those guys hitting that big leap and things like that. But if I, you know, if I had an extra set of hands, somebody that was out there with a video, I'd be telling them to go after the super mini riders, the 50 classes, because I'm telling you, those 50 classes, they're the loudest bikes on the track, what I always like to say. But I tell you what, those those guys rip. And some, you know, Shoemate and Duffy and... All of these guys, don't let me forget anybody else, but I'm telling you, like some of the some of the best battles out on the track are in those smaller group classes, even in the women's class or the or the girls, yeah. you know, nine to thirteen or eleven to sixteen, whatever the case may be, there's battles going on all the way around the track and people just don't have really their eyes set on them. And I try to bring that to life a little bit when I announce because you do get to see some awesome battles that go all the way down to the end and I got to see a couple this weekend and at some of the other races that I've announced and that's the reason that we did it you know back then that was a big deal if you can go and win on a 50 or a 60 or you know even an 80 or whatever the case may be and don't forget about you know don't don't let that uh steer steer you away uh or not want to come back you know try to get that feeling back again and um yeah try to keep the 
the grassroots as relevant as possible because everybody started there and you know we got to keep it alive for the next generation and the next generation and um of riders and hey you might go to some of these local races and see that next cooper webb eli tomac whoever right you never know that's right what could happen and i say all the time we produce some of the best motocross racers in the in the united states or even the world is right here in this southeast area because we have so many tracks and so many series around this area to hone those skills right so um right yeah try to try to keep that as relevant as uh as possible and um but that was all of the questions that i had here for the day and i appreciate your time uh today i know you uh took a little bit of time off of your busy schedule so i appreciate that oh absolutely i i appreciate you having me on um anytime that you want to talk either women's motor or grassroots i'm here for it um awesome. so yeah yep that's awesome thank you very much uh for coming on the local scene podcast samantha and uh we'll see you at a local race here soon all right sounds good thank you thank you and that was a good conversation with local North Carolina native WMX racer Samantha Farr and I tell you what guys for the women's there needs to be something done and I believe that the series needs to come back there is a lot of good women not in not even in just this area but multiple um, series around the United States and that need to have some sort of series or something put into play so that these women racers earn a little bit of cash and earn some exposure and and have a good race for them throughout the years and you know Loretta's just doesn't cut it for for these women and it's awesome to see that Samantha went up north to that triple crown series and was able to race some WMX classes up there and I tell you what if you know if you're at that level and you're able to make your way on up there since we don't really have anything right now in this point in time here in the United States, then make your way on up there. It's a great series. I've heard from multiple, multiple people how awesome it is, how much of a friendly environment and family environment it is up there. So go and check that out if you are looking for something more, either you're a professional or a women's racer and wants to get some of that good exposure to yourself like Samantha said you get some TV time and people can watch down here in the United States while you're out there and interviews and that sort of thing so and then also don't forget about the grassroots of motocross you know even though her family is in and parts of that NCMX series that's the whole reason that they did it they've been in it for so long they love the grassroots of motocross and just like we say all the time here on the imperative mx podcast or this local scene podcast that local racing can't go away and i can't express that enough and we need to make sure that we get to more of these local races and support the series that helped you when you guys were growing up or just starting so don't forget about the grassroots of motocross and i tell you what it was a great conversation we had with samantha farr here today on this edition of the local scene podcast and make sure to go and support all of the ones that support your local motocross scene west virginia motorsports pr motorsports total control racing suspension and dirt industries custom graphics we'll see you guys on the next one